Hi, welcome to Habits and Hope and another daily Bible reading. We are not in the normal episodes. We are just helping you start your day right in the Word, focused on Him, and you can read along or you can just listen where you have to be. Um, I do encourage you always to go and read it for yourself because very much He can speak to you in ways that I might not be able to. I just give you what He shows me and... um, what I interpret from it or I have learned over the years. So um, the introduction is really the same for all three. Um, This again is the um, authored by John, the son of Zebedee, um, who authored the fourth gospel, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, And um, he's going to be the same person writing in Revelation and... And the, all these are all pretty much letters. John, the third John, is um, as short as second John, pretty much. He addresses Gaius in this one. He's a hospitable leader who loved to bring in outside teachers that presented the truth. But the church had a problem in the person of Diotrephes, I hope that's right, who tried to reject these sound teachers. And so John warned about the power-seeking man of Diotrephes and the evil behind any attempt to stop true teachers of the word. Which, um, that's like a whole different problem because a lot of times it's, we're dealing with the false teachers, but this in this way we're dealing with um, basically power-seeking people who are trying to stop good teachers. Um, and I definitely think all of that can be relevant in today, um, today's world. So let me get back to third John because I have to read that out of first John. So we're starting in verse one again. Um, yeah, I grabbed the Christian Standard Bible. That's my newest Bible and it's the Tony Evans Study Bible. So, um, not currently reading what I have been reading, which is the Life Application Bible the NLT, but both are good. Um, number one, uh, oh, sorry, verse one, we're starting with the greeting to elder or the elder to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way and you are in good health, just as your whole life is going well. For I was very glad when your fellow believers came and testified to your fidelity to the truth. How you are walking in truth, I have no greater joy than this, to hear that my children are walking in the truth. There was a whole lot of truth (laughs) there. Um, So guys was just some church leaders, all they really know, whether they're pretty sure. Um, And um, it says that I pray that you are prospering in every way or in, in good health. This says some people have wrongly tied this as an advocate to the prosperity gospel and there's nothing inherently wrong with having money or being physically fit. Getting a raise, improving your fitness is fine, but without a prospering soul, that way without spiritual development, your motives, motivations will be misplaced and health and wealth will leave you hollow. That's a really good point. <clears throat> I wouldn't have even, I mean, I guess I sort of, it did sort of stand out as the, um, I hope you're prospering in every way. Um, and the truth is, is when we're walking with the right spirit and it doesn't lead us away, I mean, how easy is it when we 
things are going well, I think it's the easiest time to be distracted sometimes by God, you know, away from God, not by God, away from God, um, which is weird, but I think that that's really true that, um, and that's unfortunate, but, um, we have to, in good times, focus on God, but if our motives are good and that those blessings give us the freedom to do more generous things, to spend more time, say, um, you know, maybe leading a Bible study or whatever, like, you know, you have the prosperity that then leads to good things. I think, like, that it can all be like a blessing from God. I mean, he doesn't intend us to live in poverty, but just using him like a genie is, is not the way to go. Um, this also says that, um, for about verse three, the measuring rod for your spiritual well-being for the success of your Christian life is whether or not you are walking in truth, whether you are living by the standard of God's word. And like I kind of mentioned when I paused there, I mean, the word truth is used one, two, three, four, I might have missed one, four times in like, and there's only four verses, truth, 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 truth. Um, so the most important thing is relying on the truth in what he's trying to say, I think. Um, if he says it that much, it's important. Um, so then Gaius is commended in verse five. Dear friend, you are acting faithfully in whatever you do for the brothers and sisters, especially when they are strangers. You have testified to your love before the church. You do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. Since they set out for the sake of the, na- of the name, accepting nothing from pagans, therefore we ought to make support such people so that we can be co-workers with the truth. And... Um, I like coworkers with the truth that like basically supporting our our Christian brothers and sisters so that we are all working together for the same deed. It's weird how sometimes I was actually just having a conversation with someone last night about a whole situation that I had witnessed and tried to stay out of as much as possible. Um, the where like there was so much strife among the brothers and sisters and the whole true mission was completely lost and so much fell apart because of it and it it was it's really tragic honestly um but um that just saying he acts very faithful to his brothers and sisters especially when they're strangers and that's sometimes sometimes it's easier (laughs) to love a stranger no it's generally harder but um and you know he's testified your love before the church i mean it's just very abundantly clear you know, his, his passion for the mission and the journey and so forth. And, um, the accepting nothing from the pagans, um, I'm going to read this part right here. I'm well, and let's see if it answers this part. So I'm going to read his notes gone seven through eight. Cause that's right around the, the part that's talking about that. So it says, we should support those who set out for the sake of the name of Jesus, those who are doing the work of God as evangelists, teachers, church planners, and missionaries by providing them with financial support, hospitality, encouragement, and prayer. We can be co-workers with the truth. God thus credits our accounts the, the blessings that he gives to them because we are their helpers. Um, yeah, it doesn't really quite hit on that, but um, just I think the main thing is you do well sending them on their journey in a manner worthy of God since they set out for the sake of the name, meaning Jesus, um, since they, um, accepting nothing from pagans. So, um, the other word would be Gentiles, 
<clears throat> but basically, um, from those that don't believe, I, I think the point is, is <laughs> you can't accept something from a non-Christian person or non-believer, but I think the point is, one, the Christian church should be supporting each other a whole lot. And the other thing is, is in, in certain areas, depending on the circumstances, sometimes, you know, if you fall yourself relying on outside of the church, um, depending on what it is for, let's just say it was staying in someone's home, you know, you could potentially be opening up your, for other things, whereas the church should have been the one doing the supporting. I'm going to go with that. I feel like that's where it was supposed to be. Um, okay. So verse nine, we're talking about diatrophies. I'm going to go with diatrophies and Demetrius. Um, diatrophies, I think is the name. And, um, that's as good as it's going to get today. I wrote something in the church, but diatrophies, oh, I'm sorry, starting in verse 9. I wrote something in the church, but diatrophies, who loves to have first place among them, does not receive our authority. This is why. If I come, I will remind him of the works he is doing, slandering us with malicious words, and he is not satisfied with that. He not only refuses to welcome fellow believers, but he even stops those who want to do so and expels them from the church. Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil but what is good the one who does good is of god the one who does evil has not seen god everyone who speak everyone speaks well of demetrius even the truth itself and we also speak well of him and we know that our testimony is true so um first of all he is saying um well the loving first place among them um and not receiving their authority. I feel like we've all known some people like that. They want to be the most important person in the room. And they don't really want to listen to anyone else's wisdom, authority, or anything else. Because it's their way or the highway. And they want to be most important. And um, it's a dangerous road. And it's definitely not from God. Um, and he's saying if he reminds him. If he comes, he's going to remind him right away of, first of all, stop you know, spreading these laws against us, basically, um, and not just not, and that he's really got to stop refusing welcoming fellow believers, but even worse, he expels them from the church, so kind of like what we talked about the introduction, you know, not only is he not, you know, opening his arms to new people, he's sending them away, and it sounds like it's stemming from he wants to be the number one, he doesn't want anyone else interfering, he definitely is not following um, the mission of God, it's his own mission, and um, unfortunately, I do think that I've seen that in the church too, so um, just a warning of things that can happen, and I think it's a warning also for us to like look at as believers and say, okay, like if you're in a situation where that's kind of going on, in some circumstances, it's you need to to speak up. Like John would immediately, you know, say like, hey, this is what. But sometimes you do end up having to walk away, and that's just going to have to be a prayerful decision. <clears throat> okay, and then the very last part of it is verse thirteen. I have many things to write to you, but I don't want to write to you with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace to you. The friends send you greetings. Greet the friends by name. Um, 
I liked what I like what it says here at the bottom that John's words here are a reminder that writing can be useful but can't replace talking face to face. I think it was mentioned. It's um I believe it's pretty much the exact same thing, yeah. That he says in Second John, I don't want to use paper and ink. Um, I, I hope to come and talk face to face. This just says it's a reminder that emails and text messages don't compare to looking at a brother or sister in the eye and speaking the truth in love. So, um, and I do always have a rule with my kids. If you're going to have any kind of real meaningful conversation, like a breakup or like a whole conversation about like why you're mad at your friend or something like that, doesn't need to be in a text. It really needs to be in person. And at worst, if you really can't do that, it needs to be over the phone. So I hope that you have a super blessed day and, um, you'll be able to join me back for Jude and then <laughs> we're heading into Revelation and I talked about that yesterday so this one Revelation is going to have to be a more preparation but and there may be even a little bit of a pause because I want to get a little ahead of that and then um we will walk through it together have a very blessed day